0: American football in Finland so 2023 Maple League season is over and it was it was a good one it was very competitive till the very end and we want to use this time to talk a little bit about top storylines from this season some things that happened that that we want to just touch on a little bit before getting into, like, playoffs and moving on from the regular season. First thing I want to talk about is the bottom dwellers. Uh, Helsinki Wolverines went 0-12, man. Um, did not see that one coming. Always kind of expect them as an organization to put together either interesting team or have something going on that gives you hope that, okay, they're moving in the right direction but easily said this year they're rebuilding, but this isn't the team that they're going to have next year. So I, I wouldn't even call it a rebuild. I would say this year the Wolverines took a year off, right? They went 0-12, didn't win any games, didn't make any real moves to try to win any games, and aren't going to be punished for it. They're not going to go down, no relegation this year, so they'll be – in the Maple League next year, they'll be able to come back stronger. Maybe they save some money or something. I'm not a hundred percent sure what they were trying to do, but as of 2023 season, this will be their offer. They came in last place, and hopefully, they'll try to forget this going forward. What are you thinking about the Wolverine season? Oh
1: man, I think it's uh it was a tough one, definitely a tough one. I think I don't really say it's a regrouping season because I don't know what their plan is. Yeah, uh, for the future. So I can't say regrouping. Um, it was just up in the air. They didn't go all out like they normally do with buying players and and uh, signing different a whole bunch of different players. Um, so maybe they just needed a year to save some money and, and 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 try to come back to the drawing board next year. But it was still an interesting year for them. We did see some good some young players did get a lot of experience against uh, better competition. Um, The Wolverines actually have a lot of their younger players playing in the Maple League, and that does do something. Even though you're getting beat down, you're getting beat, it still does something. For the mature, the mental maturity of a lot of those players comes from games like that. When you're getting beat down and you go back to the next play and try to make a play for your team, and I've seen a lot of good things out of the Wolverines. I've seen a lot of good things of them getting scored on, and those guys still out there playing, still out there fighting Still out there trying trying to do something to help them win. They didn't get discouraged. Um, I didn't see too many heads hanging down. It was like they were excited to be out there. And that's what you want. That's what you want to see. When yeah. you go back and look at that film, that's what you want to watch. You want to see the guys uh having fun still. You, you know, because at the end of the day, football is fun. Yes, uh, you want to win, but you have to be realistic too. Everybody can't be number one, everybody can't, you know, be in the playoffs. And um, after a few games, you kind of know where you sit at as far as your team. And I think the Wolverines seen that early that, hey, you know, we probably can't compete with a lot of these teams, but we can get better. We can play hard. We can um, learn some things. And I think that's, if anything, that's what they got from the season was uh, learning what guys can play where and and learning who got the heart and uh, who's tough and stuff like that. And I think then you go into off season and then you try to add uh, imports or whatever you try to add other guys to help to complement those guys and I think that's what the Wolverines went through this year. I mean, it was 0-12, and, and it sucks not to get a, a win. But at the same time, you got to go back and, and look at that film and, and find those good things that you can build off of for the next season. And that's all they can do.
0: Yeah. I think I kind of wanted to touch on, like, every team, but also don't want to spend too much time touching on every team. So I'm going to be quick on this next one. The UNC team is another season being below average and not the worst team. They brought in better imports than they had last year and did slightly better. I think last year they won two games and this year they won four games. So maybe next year they'll win six games. They'll bring in even more imports. They'll bring in some like NFL guys or something next year. Is that, I don't know. But the storyline for, for UNC is UNC being UNC. It just, they just, I mean, I don't know what the goal is to just be average. Like, I, I'm leaving it at that. Let's move on. <laughs> Another <laughs> storyline. I, I really don't want to waste no time on that right now. The Steelers won Ooh. two games without Lee Anthony reason over and missed the playoffs for the first time since entering the Maple League. They've the never dynasty is it. over. Wow. <laughs> A
1: little quick. The dynasty is over.
0: A little quick. A little quick. We, how do you feel about the Steelers? Well, we've, let's talk about it. <laughs> Let's talk about it, because this is a major storyline. How do you feel about
1: the Steelers? <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I, I tell you how I feel right there. The oh. dynasty is over. The Corpio Steelers, we appreciate y'all for um giving us something new to look at over the last few years, giving us a breath of fresh air, uh, reminding us that uh, with hard work and dedication, other organizations can Become the top dog, but that day is over now.
0: We're just gonna act like 2019 for the Helsinki Roosters didn't happen, huh? We're just gonna, we're gonna ignore that. No,
1: nah, I'm not saying. Hey, I'm hey, not saying. Hey, it did. Or, I'm was 2019 not saying it
0: 2019 or 2020? One of them years. I'm, I'm, I'm not 2020, 2020. 2020. Yeah, COVID season. Right.
1: COVID season. You know, I'm not taking nothing it, away from what it. It happened. It,
0: it happens. It happens.
1: It's over now, though. That dynasty <laughs> is over. Oh. It's over. Um the reason that's, that's tough.
0: I can't I just I mean I ain't trying to argue argue but I might so argue they, argue
1: they let they I didn't I didn't I didn't make it over they they made it over when the entry reason just, over got hurt and didn't transition. make an adjustment It didn't just, make an adjustment
0: it's just a transition
1: They're if like- you if you think there hasn't been a team that wasn't I won't say heavily imported but there hasn't been a team that just that was more local than import that has won the Maple Bowl in the fashion in which I think you were trying to say Corpio is trying to do, man. I, I don't know, the rebuilding or what, what they try to do. But I know... I don't,
0: I don't think that they're trying to do it to that the level of, like, imports. But I think the positions that they are doing it at are different. And, again, the quarterback. It's pretty much just the quarterback. Because they so have
1: imports. With, are they, so so do you think the Corpio Steelers are staying with him,
0: I don't know. That ain't my business. That's the Corpio Steelers' business. <laughs> if they do... The dynasty is over, is what I'm saying. It's over. Okay, it's over. I can agree to that. I mean, I, I, I'm with you there. I was never, you know, on the Ambro train, you know. I, I mean, if they're not going to bring in I, – okay, I think we we figured it out there. If the Steelers don't bring in an import quarterback, the dynasty is pretty much over. But over. last last thing I want to say about the Steelers again, <laughs> might be last time i ever going to talk about the Steelers, I would like to make a bid that somebody pick up Hannes Hargu at receiver. Yeah. I think he is a talent, a gym, and I do not want to see him waste Stages years. Back. Yeah, if he's not going to be given opportunity. like I think that's the biggest disservice the Steelers can do is not give that young receiver the opportunity to become great. Think he can become great if he's given opportunity. He's shown it even this season, being the number one. I don't care who their imports were; he was always the number one for this team. And again, the guys that are watching film know a lot of times he made Andrew look better than he was. A lot of times this season, just imagine what he could do with someone who can make him look better than he is. And I just really hope that going forward, the Steelers figure something out about that. But that, that's it. That's it. We're done it. with non-playoff next teams. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. Well, let's talk about some some of these playoff teams and what's the storylines for them. Q, um mm-hmm. who you got? What you thinking?
1: All right. We starting out with the Royals. Over the years, the past few years, we've all learned that you can never count out the Royals. Um, although, although I mean I wanted to, they, but you can't. Although having a little help never hurts. <laughs> now, having a little, little help, we seen the, we seen the 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 post that the Royals posted and said clinched the playoffs. Now, I feel like that's I don't inaccurate.
0: <laughs> I feel like no, that's, I think that's a little inaccurate.
1: <laughs> it's a little inaccurate. Clinch means uh, that you actually had to win a game. <laughs> you yeah. actually had to beat somebody to get in this position. Per se, now they did, they did with a little bit of help. So I'm not going. I'm not going to take it all away from. Now, what I will say, the Royals, 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 you can never count them out. It don't matter who play for them, don't matter who's the quarterback, don't matter who's over there. For some kind of reason, the Royals are always in the mix at the end of the season. I have no idea how they do it. Yeah, like you, you can't
0: count these guys out. You can't count (laughs) them out. Like it's crazy. Yeah, and
1: we didn't know, and we didn't know we did our last episode that they actually had a chance to still be in it, um, yeah, we didn't uh, completely. Know. So I, I, I take it off until you know we found out like after we recorded that that they could yeah. be in it now because yeah, um, the, the
0: stats was done weirdly because they had played more games than the other teams or something. That's why, yeah,
1: yeah. So biggest headline for the Royals, I say that man, you can never count the Royals out. Now we're in the playoffs. We are in the playoffs. The last time the Royals have been to the Maple Bowl, 2017, been six years. Wow. Been it's been that long. It's been that long. It's been six years since the Royals have been there. I don't want to um, say it,
0: but it might be longer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not gonna do that because they're gonna ready, ready to tag us already. You already know they want to. They didn't want to tag us anyway. Man, all week, but 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 this goes to show now. What I will say is Timothy Morvick. Salute to you, my good sir. That guy. Salute to you, my good sir. That guy. Because I because because I gotta say this: rushing touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, passing touchdowns is what has put the Royals in the position that they're in, uh, with the addition of Alpha. Now, the last time that the Royals played the Crocs, they only won by a touchdown. And they only won by Crocs. Only won by by a touchdown. That's only it. A touchdown. so you're only you're only as good the last game you played, and that mm. that's a great thing. That's a great thing for them. Now it's a great thing. Although they did play in Boston, so I will I will give them that man, that home field thing. But um, this is crucial right now. It's the playoff time. So everything that happened in the I mean, in the regular season, doesn't really matter now. Demetrius, Ortiz, all those, all those guys, Demetri, all those guys over there. His now his
0: name is Demarco.
1: De, DeMarco. He, he wants you to know that he's told me that. Time My bad, time man. Sorry. My bad, man. Tell, bad. tell what him what you
0: told bad. me, though. Q. Tell.
1: My bad, man. My bad, man. <laughs> My, man you you good, man? Ah, you know he's a good player, man. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to remember all these names. I, I apologize. Yeah, it is a lot of names. His last name. It's a lot his of last names. Name is, Last, I got his last name right, Then not Artis? I, I think it's Artis. Artis? All right, I got a last name
0: now. A R T. DeMarco,
1: I, I apologize, DeMarco, because you are a baller. Let me not take that away from you. But speaking of him, he's got a big uh, – he's got to have a big game this this game. He is – has. he has to. Has to. For them to have a chance, he has to have a big game on defense. Not just that, but the Royals have to – show us something that they've never showed before, and that's the ability
0: to close out a game against the top. So we talked about the Royals playoffs. I mean, you can't count them out. What about the Roosters? That's my that's my next – the next thing I want to talk okay. about, storylines. What What is your thoughts on their, you know, situation? I
1: picked the Roosters from the beginning of the season to go to the championship to win the Maple Bowl. They had a tough start during the season um, trying to figure out their identity of the team. Came back now. They're one of the hottest teams. They made some adjustments. Brought in another import. Got rid of the import. Now they're the hottest team in the playoffs right now. The most scariest team. The team that I would be worried about if I was in the playoffs. So watch out. Watch out for the Roosters, man, because they're equipped on both sides of the ball. I would say now more than any other team. Uh, I do think the Butchers are good, or whatever, but the Roosters right now is the scariest team. If you don't believe yeah. that, watch the film.
0: Boy. Watch they, the film. It's simple. I'm very fortunate that the team I chose to win the Maple League. Again, I always choose the team I think to win the regular season, but I still was wrong. But I mean, <laughs> I might be I might be, you know, bleeding red now because I feel like the Roosters, yeah. I mean, if you're not choosing the Roosters, I I don't know what you're doing. Like I, I, if anybody's been watching football the last month, month and a half, the Roosters are it. Even with the loss to the butchers, which reminds me of the next storyline, the butchers are good, but y'all still Dallas Cowboys. Like, let's just be honest. The butchers are playing much better than they did last season, but this team still gives you that ick. Like we've said it in the previous show, you know, it's great they put up 55 in their last game, but they gave up 44. And I think that's all telling of their season. I think if I'm talking about their whole season, that's what their season looked like. A really good team, but, you know, not impressive to the point that you're like, oh, they not—they can't be beat. Like you're always thinking, well, they might show up, they might not show up. If their offense don't show up, they're going to lose because their defense ain't going to stop nobody. And the the one time their defense needs to make plays, it's one guy that makes plays, and that's how they ended up beating the Roosters last time. I mean, it's one guy. I don't care what you say. Without Zach Whitehead, I mean Zach Zach Wright. <laughs> sorry, two Zachs. <laughs> two W words. Sorry, ZWs. Yeah, yeah ZW. I mean, without Zach Wright scoring two touchdowns in that game, they would lose. So I mean, that's just how it goes. The Butchers in general this season they've been much better though. I, I joke about the Dallas Cowboys thing, but that's also a compliment. The Dallas Cowboys are usually a great a great team. They're a good playoff, steady team. But again, your last time you won a Maple Bowl was what, like 2008? Something like that? It was a long time ago. So, anything else you do, if it ain't winning a, a Maple Bowl, I don't it care. Works. Yeah, it's a bust. And right now, all y'all have done is proven that you can beat everybody but two teams, and you haven't played those two teams in the playoffs. You haven't beat the Maybe. Crocs. Maybe. <laughs> you haven't. I mean, you you beat the Roosters, but the last time you played the Roosters, I mean, you beat them, but come on now. We all know how it really exactly. went down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it was, I mean, you got the W, and that's great, but it doesn't give anybody any confidence going into the playoffs that you're going to beat them this time. And, again, even at home. It was at home last time. So that that's my thoughts. Storylines on the Butchers. What are your thoughts on the Butchers' season so far, and going into the playoffs?
1: Show us what I mean. Just like you said, are you are you still the Dallas Cowboys? Like, yeah. Have the have the Butchers gotten better um, since the beginning of the season? Yes, much better. I think. Have they have massive. have have they gotten better week to week? No. Mm. Um, there you go. Because you cannot be the top two. You cannot be the second team. In the league and giving up 400 plus yards on against the team, like on on defense. If if that's the case, you're going to have to say we're going to have a shootout in the, in the playoffs. It's basically what you're saying, like we're going to have to shootout because we can't stop a nosebleed at this point, especially against the hottest offense in the league right now. Like especially against the hottest offense in the league. Like, that's, so we got to go back to that. See, now if you were coming back to play UNC this next week then I can say, okay, well, we're going to have a shootout, but they're probably going to come out on top because of this reason. But you're playing the hottest offense in the league right now, and they run and pass. So, yeah, Butchers, this is the time to tell. I know they've been trying for some years now to get back up to that glory that they've been trying to do, but giving up 400 yards on defense is not it. It's not going to get you there. So I need to make some adjustments, whatever, but let's see. I'm I'm still kind of like halfway with how I feel about the Butchers in the playoffs. I'm still just – like, I don't I don't understand um, necessarily their approach to it, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm not coaching there. So far, they've done enough to be the number two team in the league. But at the same time, the playoffs don't really matter. You're playing the Helsinki team. You're in Port Vujo. Home field advantage doesn't really matter now. doesn't count when both of y'all are like 45 minutes away from each other. So uh, <laughs> it's going to be just as big. It's going to be a lot of Roosters fans there. Uh, I know I'm not Corpio, I know the Butchers fans are going to be out there loud and ready because you know if they win, they go to the championship. Um, but also, you know, i ahead of them, so we'll see. See what the Butchers yeah. come out with.
0: Okay, last storyline we'll talk about. I don't know why we ended up making this a thing because it may this is going to be a long episode. Oh well, crocodiles. I'm not going to do it because of the the audio, but I would give you a round of applause for a great season. It was. Much better than I would have expected. I mean, I think we thought the Crocodiles were going to be good, but we always think they're going to be good. But they they proved it pretty much every week this season. And, I mean, they lost one game on the field, two in the record books, but they lost one game. And even that one game that they lost, I could say everybody is beatable. That's it's one of those things. Everybody's beatable. But in totality, the Crocodiles have looked like the best team all season. And even going into the playoffs, they do not look as hot as the Roosters. I can admit that. But if you have to say who can you trust more in these situations, they're still going to be favored in whatever matchup they're in. And now we're at that point similar to the Butchers for the Crocodiles. I think this season – even that last game where they didn't really need to beat the Steelers, but they did, and they did it convincingly enough that we know, hey, we're not just going to finish the season on a loss. Just lets us know that they're really committed to getting their first ever Maple Bowl victory this year. And not to jump too far ahead because, you know, you still got a game Ooh, one in the playoffs, but as a season, as a whole, this season has been a, a great in my opinion, opportunity for the crocodiles to elevate from always a bridesmaid, if that makes any sense to anybody who knows American culture. So instead of being always a bridesmaid, you can now be a bride. I feel like in the past, this organization has always been good, but never considered you know great or the best. Even when we had the, the UK invasion for a while and they were just putting up crazy numbers, it was like, yeah, but you're not going to win championships. Now you have a team that has proven that they've won some tough games in this season, too. they won some games that I think they should have lost. But as a team, they would not lose those games. And they've shown that fight all season long, especially like in the last time they actually played the the Royals where they had to drop down the field in four minutes and score with nine seconds left. Like that's what you're getting ready to get into again here next week. So this season has kind of prepared you for these playoffs to put it all on line. So I, I think they've had a really great season. And if I could clap, I would I would clap for them right now, give them a round of applause for a great season. What about you? What are your thoughts on the crocodile season so far? Uh,
1: aligned with Joe is the same. Um, this is what a marathon looks like. Mm-hmm. As an organization, this is exactly what a marathon looks like. They played the long game. They stuck with, with Powell. Not a bad guy to build your team around. This is what they wanted to get to. And they're there now. Um, giving yourself the opportunity to 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 bring this organization a championship. You didn't do it with the biggest of import names. You did it with a lot of uh, local guys.
0: A lot of, you added lot of in, yeah.
1: You know, you added in certain guys, certain places that meshed together, together well. And um, they coached a great job. Um, I, obviously, I think he should Definitely get coach of the year this year because, you know, they put it together. Can't take it away from the Crocs, man. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. Like you said, they only really got one loss officially. But, um, yeah, that, that's that's what they've been working to do. That's what they've been working on hard in the off season. And uh, now it's time to to just bring it on home if that's what they want. They're trying to bring it on home now. You still got two games to do it, but you're, you're sitting in a good spot because, for one, Anybody traveling into Santa to play a playoff game is crucial. So we gotta pack their lunch and the Royals don't have to well, Royals don't have that far to go, but they still <laughs> gotta pack their lunch. You know what I'm saying? Because Santa got a got a mission. You know, they got a mission. They've been on a mission all season. You know, I think they just they focused on what their goal is and we'll see if they get there. Yeah.
0: I, I think that does it for twenty twenty three. For the season, I think we'll we'll try to get ready to what's next now. So, with the regular season finally over, let's talk about a couple guys or names of people we think would be in the awards candidates, uh, mostly for our All Finland awards. We can't speak on what the SAJL does, nor do we care to. But we usually have an Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and an Outstanding Player of the Year, the Sisu Award. So first, we'll start off with the Offensive Player of the Year. Let's just throw out names and, and a quick reason why. And we can just go down the list if we want to. You can go first. Who do you think?
1: Offensive Player of the Year. <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to go Christian Powell. Okay. okay. Powell, Most consistent. Led his team to a 10 and 2 season, always counted on, always there, always came through when they needed him to. I think he's he's literally ran them into a number one spot in the league, and you can't take that away from him. Um, like I said, he's the most, he is one of the most consistent players. I won't say he's the most consistent player, but he's one of the most consistent players. You can count on him. I'm
0: going to go with Danny Kittner. I'm just taking guys off the list. Okay, and I'm going to leave it at this. You have Roosters pre-Danny, and then you have Roosters post-Danny. The pre-Danny Roosters, we picked them to come in almost last because <laughs> they was trash. Post-Danny Roosters, I mean, I have on my nose that they're the Maple Bowl favorites because this guy has changed what this team is capable of doing. And he's giving them the boost that they need. So I, I think Danny Kidner's is definitely a guy who's up there for one of the best offensive players in the league this year. Who else you got?
1: All right. My second pick, I'm going with Timothy Morvick. I'm All going right. with Timothy Morvick. He's my, you know what I mean, favorite quarterback right now just because I think he's a dual threat, not just a dual threat. I think he, he can hurt you doing both. Actually, from running to passing, zone read pro zone read pro this is the definition of a zone of a, of a rpo quarterback because he knows how exactly to read he knows where to go at all times with the ball whether or not he had enough players or not or help Because at, at a point i didn't think he had any help besides alpha yeah. and Swiss. and then True. look at him now some kind of way they ended up in the playoffs and a lot of it had to do with his legs and his honor and uh i'm, I'm going with him you know all the way uh if I had to choose a quarterback out of the ones that, that are here in this league now to start my team with, mm-hmm. I'm going with Timothy Morvick. And that's and that's no hating on him, nobody else. But he can do everything. He can throw and he can run. so
0: Not a bad choice. Not a bad choice. Next guy I'm going I'm to bring up is <clears throat> Seth Rowland. And for me, Seth Rowland has been massively impressive considering we've seen him in the Maple League before. And it's like night and day. I think when he played in Porvoo, I remember saying, Man, he's really fast, considering he's like small and has short legs. And that's pretty much all I, I really that's all that stood out was he was fast at times, but nothing special. This season, there's not there's nothing that Seth can't and won't do for his team to help them win. He plays running back, he is untackable like there's like no easy way to like get him on the ground. He doesn't just go down. He has insane uh what is it called? balance that he doesn't fall down. And then also he's versatile enough that he's a ball catcher. He catches passes out of the backfield from the slide position and he there's ways you can get him the ball without just having to hand it to him, which makes him even more valuable as an offensive asset. And then lastly, from the offensive standpoint, this offense only does good when Seth does good. If he's playing great, the team gets up points. If he doesn't play great, they don't do any well. And that just shows how important he is to the offense, so that's why he's the guy that I chose. All right? That's me.
1: All right, next up, Alpha. Alpha. Alpha, July. 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 Jallo. I thought it was Jalo. I know. I know. Jalo. Alpha Jalo. Juice. The the most exciting player in the league next to Danny Kidner. Alpha is unstoppable. When he's in his own, he can hurt you at any given time. Defensively, offensively, returner. He's the ultimate package when it comes to to being an import. Anytime you're playing against the Royals, you got to know where he is at all times. His speed, undeniable something that you have to deal with. It's hard to match up with. He's always, no matter what league he's in, he's always one of the top players. And I think everybody's seen why. If they didn't know, they seen why. Just Google him. Go on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Follow him on his Instagram page. He's a walking highlight. And it's for a reason. The guy works hard. She has a speed that, you know, that doesn't seem to be slowing up. As, as he ages, it doesn't slow up. And he's with, you know, one of the most dynamic quarterbacks. So. It's only right that both of them are in this top list because they both are dynamic, but definitely Alpha is something um, that you pray for when you're a coach. Something speed like that, an athlete like that, somebody's dedicated to his craft is, as much as he is. You want to give him that nod, so he's definitely in, there, in the top candidates as far as uh, offensive players of the year.
0: Yeah. Um. Next guy that I want to bring in is quarterback Brandon Gwinner. And I know we we've talked about another quarterback on here. And I don't want to do too much comparison, but when when you look at Brandon where you have prototypical like size for a quarterback. He's six three, almost six four, I think. Strong arm, very athletic quarterback. And when I say strong arm, then say athletic quarterback, what I mean is that this is a guy who he's playing with a, a young line at certain positions. So there's times where he's not able to set his feet and, you know, properly put the ball where he wants to. So he has to use athleticism. And what really stands out about him is the fact that he's able to adjust to that. Because in my opinion, I play quarterback a little bit in my lifetime. I'd be damned if I always got to move to throw the ball. Mm -hmm. Y'all better block some somebody. But for for Gwinner, he's 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 a better talent than I am at quarterback. Obviously, so he's able to not let that type of stuff affect him. If you watch this guy play, he's almost always constantly on the move. Rarely is he sitting in a clean pocket throwing the ball, which is crazy insane. Because imagine if he was, how good this team would be. But he's still able to make not only his team better but everyone around him better throughout the game and you'll you'll watch him play and you'll see that he has a lot of receivers that are talented nonetheless he's got a lot of talented receivers but also he has receivers that he's made better and I think that this season is kind of a, a culmination of it and you can kind of see the work that he's put in in the last two years in this one year because last year he was good there was flashes of him being great this year he's been great and maybe name one game and I won't say which game it was, where I felt like he just wasn't himself. He probably needed a Snickers or something that day and didn't. But <laughs> outside of that one performance, because I have to keep it 100, I can't just say he was great every week. Outside of that one performance, he's been lights out. He's been playing at a level above everyone else at the quarterback position, but also rising the level of his teammates in the process. You know, he's made some of these offensive linemen look better than they are. And I'll tell you that based on the voting I've seen for the All-Finland, the he's made a lot of them look better than they are. And receivers-wise, he's brought up some guys who we probably wouldn't have noticed without him. You know, I feel like there's not another team that would have let someone like Christian Nautinen look as good as he did this season. There's not another team that would have been able to get the ball to Lucas Erla as much as he did as a quarterback. There's just not other places that that would happen, and that's what he brought to his team this year is he was the driving force of this offense that I don't know about stats. I haven't looked at stats, but I would say that they probably have the highest points per game in the league. But I also I could be wrong because it really just depends on how many points you score against the Wolverines. But uh, that's my guy, Brandon Gwinner.
1: All right, next up we got Miko Sepanin for the Butch is your guy. Uh,
0: my other guy. <laughs>
1: The vet now. Nico's a vet now. You know what I mean? Um, but he's been consistent. Definitely has been a weapon for Brandon Gwinnett all season. Um, one of the dedicated Povo butchers. I don't think Nico has ever played for any other team as far as I know. But he's a dedicated butcher. Always there. He's, he's always going to be around. Um, he's always an option. Um, if anybody watched the Miami Dolphins hard knocks back in the day, Ocho Cinco short stint stint there, he always tell the coach, I'm open. And so that when I think of Miko Seppin, that's what I think of. He's always somewhere open. Whether he gets the ball or not, he's always somewhere that's, open. Yeah. You can that's always easy. pretty much you can pretty much always go to him, you know, and he'll be and he'll make it happen for you. He shows up in all the games. He has a big role in this playoff game. He has a major role in his playoff yeah. game. He's gonna be a good He's going to be going against a lot of uh, uh, some good knucklebacks, some good hard hitting safeties for the Roosters. So Miko has has is has, has a big game ahead of him, but he's been also kicking field goals, helping the team out in every way possible, punting the ball. He can do it all. He's missed to do it all for them. So shout out to Miko stepping in for getting voted, you know, as far as one of the candidates for the player of the year.
0: Yeah. And I think I know if anyone's listening, like, man, is everybody offensive player of the year? No, but uh it was a lot of lot of good offensive play this year. Yeah. Um, it it was a, a interesting year to see so many guys kind of stand out. And we have multiple guys in some teams because it's a long season, and you'll just notice that this there's, there's kind of like it depends on when you're playing and who you're playing on how impactful you can really be. You know, sometimes if the teams you're playing aren't going to give you a challenge, there's not as much you can do, or sometimes you got to, you know, pull it out the mud yourself. And that's what we've seen from a lot of these guys is they've not only been good all year, they've all had those like moments where we're like, damn, he might be the best ever. Each one of these guys, you can can look back and pick a game or a couple of games and be like, there's nobody better than this guy until you see someone else on the list. And then you're like, oh, shoot. My bad. And then and we don't feel like choosing. So we got like like eight of them up here. But moving to defense, which is a much shorter list, because as <laughs> I've said many times, ain't nobody playing defense in the Maple League. And I mean that jokingly, and as a whole, because we have so many like 12-year-old kids playing this season. Um, it just means that the offensive guys are a little bit better. But the guys who are playing defense there are a couple of them who are doing more than their fair share. And those are some of our defensive player of the year candidates. And I'll start this one off. Uh, I'm trying to decide who I want to take. You know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take this one and I'm going to start with DeMarco Artis, uh, defensive lineman from Watson Royals. Uh, is he number 39? I think that's his jersey number. 33. 33, 33. 33 sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. I know, that. I was, I was, I know that. It was just, that's what was just coming to my mind. I was like, I can't remember what number he is yeah, now. Cause, cause mo- not because I don't know him on the field, but because those reflective ass jerseys, it's, it's blindings. Yeah. I just know I know his body type now. So I know exactly who he is when he's playing. But back to DeMarco, this is one of the most impressive players. I don't care offense, defense, whatever I've ever seen in my life. Because this dude is constantly double team, triple team, and still ended up getting 11 sacks on the season. I don't understand how he is so good, and therefore he has to be one of the best defensive players in the league. And that I'm gonna leave it at that. Who do you got?
1: Mm-hmm. I'm gonna start off with Zach Wright. Zach Wright, uh Mr. Pig Six, Mr. We willing to, we ready to put this Dallas Cowboy thing to bed. Uh, Mr. Porvo, I'm here, <laughs> um, but he's been he's been electric. He's been making a lot of big plays defensively for Porvo Butches all year. As a safety, um, he is exactly what you want. Somebody who reads the quarterback, uh, he makes plays in the air. He also helps on the run game. He's everywhere, and he's also a great returner. He will have a big role also in this playoff game coming up, but he's been consistent. Ever since he stepped on the field for Porvo all year, you've heard his name every game. He's also the leading league interception. He had he lead he led the league in interceptions.
0: Yeah, yeah, um,
1: and just had one this past game. So did he? He's yeah. He got one his past game. I think <laughs> I say I thought I seen him pick one. Oh, they didn't count it as a pick. That was the script. My bad. My bad. Oh, yeah, ah, okay. He yeah, yeah okay. That I, was, was, I say. was I thought I was, I was, was... thinking that it was probably going to count it as as a pick, but no. Okay, um, he had a strip, but but he's he's in a, he's a ball hawk, honey badger type player. He gritty, mm-hmm. he's everywhere, and um, definitely should be in this list for the for the top defensive players.
0: Yeah, the uh, next guy that I'm gonna bring out is Will. I want to say Little. Is that how you pronounce his name? Is Little or Lydell? I can't. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I'm gonna call him Big Will. Big number zero. Big Will. Yeah, Big Will, but Big number zero for the Helsinki Roosters. You know what's really hard to do, like similar to what I said about Demarcus, it's very hard to play defensive lineman and be successful in the middle. Will is a defensive tackle. He's a nose tackle. Like he's not an edge rusher. He's not supposed to be leading the league in, in um not interceptions, leading the league in sacks. It's similar to a Don, a, a Aaron Donald type. Like Aaron Donald shouldn't be leading the league in sacks, but sometimes he is. He's always up there. And that's what Big Will is, is he's a, a driving force in the middle, you know, there to stop the run. But if you're going to pass it, he's going to get after you anyways. And it's, it's really impressive because I've seen from the beginning of the season towards the end of the season, I remember earlier in the season, I said his name a couple of times. And I was like, man, if he was like, you know, a little bit faster, he'd have a lot more tackles. And I feel like maybe he just wasn't in season form yet. Because as the season progressed, I feel like he got a little bit quicker. He got about a half a step back. And now those plays that he kind of couldn't reach early in the season, he's making them without missing a beat. He's got accustomed to the speed that's going on in the Maple League. He understands how how teams are blocking him. And it's just really impressive to see his progression as he went from kind of like, okay, he's an import, but he's just doing okay, to he might be – the best defensive tackle I've ever seen in the Maple League. And I I say that with no shade to anybody who's played in the past or anything, but for a defensive tackle position, it's very difficult to stand out in the way that he does. Because he's also on a very good defensive line, but it does nothing without zero in the middle creating havoc. And he forces teams to run the ball away from him. And that kind of effect is why he's one of the guys I think should be a defensive player
1: of the year. Here we go. Last up, Mr. Leroy. <laughs> the last dragon. <laughs> the last the, dragon with the The obvious uh, choice. The, the obvious choice. Um, He obviously would be my top pick, honestly, for defensive player of the year. Uh, everywhere that you want him to be, around the ball for the Corpio Steelers this year, multiple 10-set, double-digit tackles, games, Tackles for loss. He's he was everywhere that, you know, over the field. Like he controlled their defense. He was a general on defense. This is the type of linebacker that you want to have as a part of your organization. Somebody who's there, who's accountable, who's dependable. And Mr. Leroy was all of that for Corpio this year. Well, I don't know if he's gonna play for them next year. But if I was them, I would definitely bring him back, sign him before he even leaves. Yeah,
0: before don't let him leave anywhere, without, don't without let, contract. Yeah, I mean, didn't sign a contract we signed this before we let you out the country. You know, it was a little something. Yeah. Called, called.
1: Because he's he's um he's they don't make backers like him anymore. I'm just gonna be honest. They don't make linebackers like him anymore. So if you find one, you got to keep him. You got to take care of him. He took care of you all season. He did his job every single game. It wasn't a game where he was where I seen that he played where he wasn't support, where he was supposed to be majority of the time. That is He was true. always. Always around the ball, always, uh, you know, around. And, and and I'll say this one thing real quick. When I was in college, and I like to say my defense in college is pretty good, one thing my coach said, at the end of the play, I should see 11 people in the film. I should see 11 people at the ball. It, that didn't happen for Corpio, but I can tell you one person who was always thirty-three on the ball at the end of the play, and that was number 33. So, Shout out to him. He definitely is my top pick for player of the year, defensive player of the year. Will, will he win it? Who knows? We'll find out. But Leroy, great linebacker, great player, balled out this season. So he deserved to be on this list.
0: All right. And that's offense and defensive player of the year. For our last award, it's the outstanding player of the year, the CISU award. And pretty much – it's one of these guys that we've already talked about, so we won't go over them again. But, but we will list them just so you guys know who we're thinking. Uh, Christian Powell, again, is on this list as Sisu Award. Zach Wright is on this list for Sisu Award. Seth Rowland is on this list for Sisu Award. Timothy Morovic is on the list. Alpha Jallo is also on the list. Danny Kittner is on the list. And the last name on the list is the first person who could win the award twice, and that is Lee Anthony Reasonover. And we're going to talk about him real quick because we didn't talk about him yet. Um, (laughs) Lee Anthony Reasonover played in four games and had almost 400 yards rushing, and I want to say six touchdowns, something like that, and Mm -hmm. his team won four games. Did he play in five games? No. No. Yeah, yeah, they had they did lose when he played in one game, so maybe he played in five games. But the thing about LeAnthony Reason over play this season was he was so good that this team was destined to make the playoffs. Based on almost his performance, not playing for that team, they no longer are in the playoffs, and we think as a group that that is outstanding. <laughs> that is <laughs> that, that is. Impressive that to have that kind of impact on your team, and that is what the CISU award stands for is for someone who has such an impact on their team that even if you took them off that team, that team would no longer be the same. And Lee Anthony Reason over had that impact in a short period of time, similar to some of the other candidates on this team on this list as well. But just want to reiterate that he is eligible for this award because he did play this season and he played enough that he made a big enough impact to us to be on this list. you have anything you want to add to that before we jump off?
1: No, he said it all for that pretty much. I mean, Lee Anthony, for him to still even be on this list, (laughs) shows you how strong of a player he was for that team. So uh, other than that, everybody else is well-deserving, including him. Sorry he didn't get to finish the season, um, but all these guys are well-deserving to be on this list.
0: The Crocodiles will play host to their Botnia Bowl rivals, the Royals, for their playoff matchup. I think it's on Saturday. Um, I hope it's on Saturday. Cineokey <laughs> won both both of the previous matchups by scores of thirty five to fourteen and thirty four to twenty eight, respectively. Let's look at both teams before this matchup, starting with the Crocodiles. Q, take it away.
1: All right, now Crocodiles. First thing we gotta think about is how much are they gonna feed Christian Powell? Kristen Powell, obviously, leading rusher of the league. Uh, well, touchdown leader of the league. The man has been doing everything possible for this team to get to where they are now. Zach Whitehead, probably the most underrated quarterback to ever get to this position, to even ever play, I think, for the crocodiles. It was some some lot of big name guys come playing for the crocodile before him. But uh, you know, the past few years they stuck with him, and he's got them to exactly where they what they need to be. But besides that, you got the Sockler brothers. The Sockler brothers have, have played an important part for the Crocs this year, being very consistent, playing together, being touchdown guys. I say first down guys. They've been doing it all. Yes. Um, so they have a mixture of a, of a lot of players who aren't necessarily looked at as like top players necessarily in Finland, but They play great together. And at the end of the day, for a team, that's what you want. So I would say the Crocs offense as a whole, as a whole, including the big offensive line, um, is something that's going to be important coming into this playoff game. Um, So I would say, firstly, who to watch is this whole Crocs offense, including the big offensive line. I won't talk about necessarily their defense right now because I feel like the offense is more important the Crocs because if their offense isn't going, it doesn't really matter what, what's going on the defense side of the ball. They're so strong on, on the offensive side of, that the defense just is so uh rested and, and they're just always you know they're always healthy that that yeah. they don't really have to they don't have to have long drives and stuff like that because the offense is so strong. So I'd say anybody watching this game, tune into this game, make sure you pay attention to the ball distribution between the Sockler brothers. Um, also number one, I I can't remember his name, number one slot receiver. Um he, I think he it's can play Olinquist. Holenquist, yeah, yeah. So he's another important factor too. Hard matchup in that slot for him when you got those big soccer brothers outside playing receiver. He he gets a lot of one-on-ones with linebackers, safeties, and he's pretty much gonna win those matchups against, depending on who it is. But those is are just- my He's a Jet Sweet Jet, guy, right? Jet Sweet guy. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, you see him out there with the lime green, the lime green gloves on, the mixed match, whatever, but he's a great player. He's been consistent all year too. Hasn't got talked about that much because their team is just so good as far as yeah. offensive side of the ball. Um, but he's somebody that you have to worry about. He's somebody that you're gonna have to deal with uh going into this game.
0: What about what about your your keys to win? What what will the crocodiles have to do to win this game? Okay, crocodiles. First thing you have to do to win this game: make
1: sure you do not turn the ball over on offense. Make sure you do not turn the ball over off. That's one. Second thing: do not give up any big plays to Mister Alpha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything anything outside of the offensive side of the ball for the Royals. If you give You know, any other – Khalifa, any of those guys, any type of big plays on special teams is going to make it harder for you. You're going to keep them in the game. Uh, So what you want to do is try to control the clock, offensively control the clock, keep the ball. Do not kick out for the ball. (laughs) Say this now. I'm going to say this now. Don't do what everybody else has been doing. Just let's kick kick these kickoffs, punt returns. Do not kick him the ball. Make sure if he beats you – it's on offense. Mm-hmm. Do not chance it. Don't chance it. I don't care how, your how you feel about your, <laughs> Yeah, I don't care. I don't care how you feel about how good your 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 punt team is or your kickoff team is. Just don't chance it. Kick the ball out of bounds. Do soccer punts. I don't care what you do, but do not kick out for the ball to the point where he has multiple attempts to hurt you, um, because mm-hmm. he will hurt you if you keep trying it. Now, that's the second thing. Third thing: keys to win. Go to Powell. Let Powell run you all the way to the championship. Simple as that. Don't get pretty. Don't get sweet. Don't try to throw in anything new, extra. What's you, what you guys have been doing has been working. Like Purvis said, you score 30 points every time you play this team. I don't see anything different happening from that because of the Royals' defense on the backside of it. But those are three things for me that they just absolutely have to listen to, have to pay attention to, to make sure they win this game.
0: Those are good things. I mean, that's perfect. What about the weakest link? Uh, What is something that could prevent the Crocodiles from, you know, being able to follow those keys?
1: Right now, I think the weakest link for the Crocodiles would be to think that they're supposed to win this game. Mm. Uh, You're you're, you're supposed to be confident. Don't get me wrong. You're supposed to be confident. But don't go in this game thinking since you beat them before that it's going to happen again. Like, oh, we're – Oh, they're not going to. Oh, this is a sweet game. And because I've seen it happen before. I've seen it happen before. And I can tell you, I have seen Mr. Alpha, and I keep going back to Alpha. I have seen Alpha hurt feelings. Feelings. I've seen it with my own eyes. I have seen him hurt feelings because people came into these games thinking that, oh, we only have to worry about him or we only have to worry about him. San do not come into this game thinking that you're supposed to win a game. You actually have to play. You actually have to stop people. You actually have to stop Timothy. You have to stop Schwarz. Don't let them come in there and get momentum, interceptions, anything of that nature because before you know it, you'll be third quarter, fourth quarter trying to fight to win like you were put in a position the last time y'all played where you had to go down the field and score. You don't want to get put in those type of predicaments, not in the playoffs because it might not turn out the way you want it to all the time. So the weakest link is be just do not go into this game expecting to win just because they're the fourth seed.
0: Yeah. and So what about the X factor for the Crocodiles? What do you think they they bring to the table that will set them apart in this matchup? Um, I
1: think the fact they've been consistent all season. Mm-hmm. they've been, They haven't been put in too many positions where they've had to fight to get back in the games. Just keep being you. Keep being your your team's identity. Do what you do and do what you do best. Like I said earlier, don't try to get pretty. Don't try to get sweet. Don't bring out anything new if you don't have to. Just do what you've been doing consistently. Don't try to just go out there and play this chess match. You know what you're good at doing. You know what they have to stop. Commit to Christian Powell being part of your success. Just commit Mm -hmm. to it. Hey, they're going to have to stop him if you don't think their defense can, then commit. Then stay committed. Don't switch out. If it doesn't work, the first half is seven-seven at halftime. Don't run away from it. Don't go to getting Zach Whitehead to throw the ball thirty and forty times when you don't have to. Stick with Powell. He, he's got you there. Stick with him. Yeah, that's smart.
0: So I'll I'll take the Royals now. To talk about this team in Vasa. Uh, before I say anything, first of all, Royals can win this thing. I just, I'm just saying that out there. I know there's – you know, we we joke about the Royals and social media and all that stuff, but they can win this game, and you kind of alluded to it earlier when you were talking about taking them too lightly. That's not something you want to do. We do have to remember that they've kind of already – this was the only way they were going to get in the playoffs was to play the the Crocs, and they had the last week of the season off. So they, they've been preparing mm. for this just – before I, I'm prerequisiting what I'm going to say, but they're ready for this game. If anybody's ready for this game, the Royals are ready. Of, of all the teams, of all four teams coming to the playoffs, the Royals are the most ready. I 100% believe that. But when you're watching this game, you, you need to look out for a couple of guys, and it's very simple. On offense, it's three guys. Tim Morovic at quarterback. Alpha Jallo at receiver or running back. He plays on both now. And Tom Swos, the air running back. And you'll notice, Tom, he'll be the the short bowling ball-looking guy that just, just goes, okay? So in case people don't know who Tom is. These three guys on offense will always have the ball. If one of these guys don't have the ball, they play him fast and loose. They take it a chance. And every once in a while, Tim will take a chance, and you'll see some other guys touch it, but you won't see it a lot. Most in the, mostly throughout this game, they will find creative ways to get these three guys the ball and they will be successful. There has not been a team to just stop these three guys. It's just not possible. They're that talented between the three of them. They're versatile. Um, even Sewosti, underrated as a receiver guy can catch and create, create his own plays in open field. So these three guys are what you're going to be looking for on offense on a defensive side of the ball. You're going to look at the different levels for the Royals. On the D-line, you're looking for number 33. Am I right? I said 39 earlier. You're looking for number 33, DeMarco Artis. On the edges, make rushing from either left or right, depending on where he feels more comfortable, you're going to see him. He's going to get some pressure on Zach Whitehead. If he doesn't get pressure on Zach Whitehead, that's because they made Christian Powell stay in to help which is probably what they're going to end up having to do anyways. They're going to need help to block this guy. But in the middle of the field, you got linebacker Laman Latika, number seven, and Raul Khalifa, number 56. These two guys are going to be your playmakers for the Royals. They're going to be the the guys you see either at the beginning or the end of most of the run plays, as well as in the passing game. You're going to see that despite them both playing linebacker, they're both very fast side to side. And when it comes to chasing the ball down, Khalifa is probably the best in the league right now when it comes to chasing the ball down. Has a lot to do with the fact that he weighs like 15 kilos. So he's pretty he's pretty light and fast, mm-hmm. but does a really good job of chasing the ball wherever it is. And Latika is going to add edge rush as well as B A and B gap pressure. When they start to do their stunts and blitzes, You're going to see number seven showing up a lot in the backfield. Last guy that you need to look for on the Royals. And I think this is a guy that we've kind of underrated all season, but his respect is now given here in the playoffs. And that's cornerback Joseph P. I'm not going to try to say his last name. That'd be stupid of me. But uh, Joseph is number 20, plays cornerback for the Royals. And pretty much, He's the best corner they have, and he's going to be the one that either makes or breaks them in the pass game. If Mm -hmm. he's able to make plays, most likely against Sarkala, Yane Sarkala, then they will probably come out on top. If he's able to make a few plays by himself without help. Now, if he needs help, that means other receivers are doing things elsewhere, and that's nothing on him. But if there's plays and he has a chance to make them one-on-one, and he makes them is going to put the crocodiles in positions they don't want to be in. So he's going to be very important in the past game. They Their safeties are okay, but ultimately when you play a corner, it comes down to that fade ball against a six foot four receiver or a deep out route against him one-on-one. That's what's going to come down to. And so far this season, Joseph's played great to his level when he can, but there's been times where he's been suspect and he's been beaten and this is one of those situations where we're going to find out if he's really, you know, Maple League ready. He is a U-20 guy, so he's still young, but I really think he's one guy you really want to watch in this game to see if they're able to hold up against the Crocodiles' passing attack when they do pass. Now, keys to win for the Royals is very simple. First key, utilize your quarterback's versatility. Tim Moe can run. Tim Moe can pass let him do both let him cook whatever he wants to do that's what they need to do if he feels that they can if they can pass against this team and do it successfully then air it out go five wide i don't care whatever he feels comfortable doing is going to help the royals win this game i don't know who's calling the plays i don't know who's in charge i don't i don't run the building but if anybody is trying to micromanage him out there that will be the death of them Let Tim cook. If he cooks, they have a chance to win this thing. Another thing that they're going to have to do to win is to prevent the Crocodiles' offense from being on the field. That defense is going to have to nut up and force some three and outs. I don't care how you do it. I don't know how you're going to do it. But you're going to have to get the Crocodiles off the field. The Crocs want to drive the field, take time off the clock, lull you to sleep, and then pound it in the goal line. That's what they want to do. They want to drive down the field and then score. You have to force them to make big plays early. Make them work to get into the end zone and get them off the field as soon as possible so that you can control the clock. So this defense is going to have to step up in this game. Next thing they're going to have to do to win this game is exploit holes in the Crocs' secondary coverage. It's been proven. The Mm -hmm. one game that they lost, the one game the Crocs lost, their secondary was getting lit up left and right. Everybody was open. That's Everybody. That's all you have to do is force their secondary to play. So far this season, a lot of times when teams play the Crocs, they they get all caught up in that pass rush that the Crocs have that is so good that forces you to kind of get the ball, get rid of the ball quickly. If you can limit that, and force that secondary to actually have to cover guys, you're gonna find holes and you're gonna be able to win. But you do gotta catch the ball. That that is one thing you gotta do. Last thing um, Royals need to do if they want to win this game is have a momentum changing play by none other than Alpha Jallo. It's just it's just one of those things. You don't want to bank on like big plays from people, but this is that type of game. It's going to be close no matter what, but if Alpha is able to something similar to what Q said earlier, if he's able to get, I think, in a the kickoff capacity, kickoff or a punt return, if he's able to get the ball in space and do his electrifying running that he does better than anyone else in Europe, that'll change the entire outlook of this game. Because when he does things, like you said earlier, he hurts feelings. And that momentum, that's what that's gonna be a part of this game. That's gonna be another aspect of this game that the the other playoff game won't have. This is still the botanya bowl. I mean, they, I don't know what what they play for, but I'm pretty sure they're still gonna call it a botanya bowl. Like this is still a rivalry. These these cities are what, an hour away from each other, 30 minutes? I don't know. They're right next door. So if Alpha can do something to change the feeling in that stadium, it could put the Royals over top. So that's something they have to do in this game if they want to have a chance of winning. Now, the the weak link for the Royals would be their offensive line versus the Crocs front seven. I said this before, and I'll say it again. A Royals offensive line is not good. And, and that's just facts. Now, the Crocs front seven it's one of the best in the league. Again, facts. So this is the matchup. They have that offensive line has to fight claw. I if the if the Royals offensive line doesn't get any holding calls, they are not trying hard enough. Mm-hmm. That's how this game should go. And I know that that sounds counterintuitive to winning, but it shows the aggression that they need to be having in this game. And I think it'll be not accepted, but I think it won't be a negative impact to their quarterback if he knows that they're trying that hard to protect him and also for their running back to give him lanes, is that they're they're holding. We all know if you play offensive lineman, you're always holding. The thing is, you just don't want to get caught. That's all it is. You just don't want to get caught. But if you do get caught, at least you're getting caught doing what you're supposed to do you're saving a life and if they do that they'll be fine but at this point in time <laughs> i'm not i'm not confident that they can and again just reiterating the x factor for the royals would be the versatility of alpha Jallo. the fact that he can return a kick or a punt for a touchdown he can get a handoff from running back for a touchdown he can get a jet sweep and score a touchdown He can play receiver and catch a pass and score a touchdown. He can play defensive back and get an interception and score a touchdown. There are six ways that he can score in this game. And I only (laughs) mention him scoring because it's going to take points to win. We know it's going to take points to win. And him scoring from any of these positions will give that team a boost because he's exciting when he scores and it will also Mm -hmm. deflate your opponent. So it's a a two-way swing. Every time he touches the ball, if he can make something happen to affect the entire game, it will put his team in a better spot. If you've seen anything from the the Royals' defense, they feed off of his energy. It's a lot of young kids following a star player. His energy is what, what makes them play better. So him doing something exciting, electrifying, that will make their team better as a whole. He's probably the only person in the Maple League that has that kind of impact on his squad, and I think that's what really sets them apart in this game. I think the Crocs are a good team, a great team even, but he has that kind of presence that he could lead his team to victory by just doing something great, which is already in his normal playing. So – that's the Royals and Crocs. I feel I feel good. What yeah. last thought, last thoughts on the game uh before we move on? What is what is your initial like feeling of like the matchup? Like how do you feel about it? Not who's gonna win or lose, but just like these two teams. I honestly
1: I honestly think with the with the guys that's gonna be on the field, um, this is gonna be a more interesting game than a lot of people think, probably. Yeah. that's um, what I'm thinking. I mean, we both just gave reasons why. Um it could go two ways. Either the Royals cannot be ready yeah. and and just let the crops come in and just dominate them and trample over them, or we can get the Royals given everything they possibly have and Alpha having one of those crazy games where he, he gets to, you know, receiving touchdowns and a punt return or interception for a touchdown. You know, we could have one of those games too. And these games like this, though, I think uh, you need help from like you know, like Raul Khalifa, the other corner that you were talking about. These guys are are, are not just going to have to be there; they're going to have to make plays. Mm-hmm. You're going to need interceptions. Going to need more than just Alpha doing stuff. I mean, it's going to help if you got Alpha there too, but you're going to need help from all the other guys too. Maybe guys that haven't been that haven't been making a lot of plays during the season, they're going to need to make plays in this game. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to have to have everybody on the same accord. You're gonna need big plays from DeMarco on the regular, you know, strip sacks. Things like this is what win games against teams like the Crocs. Yeah. Stuff where players. it's 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 big, big plays because you know you can't physically handle them for four quarters. So you're gonna need an X Factor, you're gonna need other ways to give you an edge. And if you don't do that, and if guys aren't making plays, then it's gonna just be that. Um, the Crocs are just gonna to go to the fourth quarter and they're going to get a ball to power all the way through, and you are going to have long drives, and it's going to be all before we know it. But in order for the the Royals to really come, they're going to have to come compete, and everybody's going to have to give their all in this game. Everybody should be dead tight. I'm going to tell you this, Royals, coaches, organization, players, when you walk off that field after that game, if you look to the side of you, and if you look to the left and you look to the right of you, there shouldn't be anybody that isn't dead dog tired. There shouldn't be anybody, unless they just didn't play. But if you play, you should be dog tired in this game. This is a playoff game. This is a game that you're not guaranteed to ever be in again in your life. Mm. So you have to give it your all since you have this opportunity. So if the Royals don't come into this game knowing that, it's going to be a short stint, short ride. We appreciate you coming. We'll see you watching the championship. But otherwise, everybody on that team needs to come with everything they got in order for them to have a chance against the Crocs.
0: You said it perfectly. So I guess now we can talk about the Roosters. And, I mean, it's only fitting that Q gets to talk about the Roosters now, right? You know it. <laughs> Tell you us about
1: them. it. All right, here we go. Starting off, first up, who to watch for the Helsinki Roosters? I mean, it's a lot of names but I'll just start with these. First, let's go with the running back combo. We got Velez, Hamilton, and then we got Mr. Letton in number 6. The reason I started off with this combo is this is a very important part of this game coming up is this running game. Um at one point in the season, Mr. Velez Hamilton was averaging 7.3 yards a game.
0: Quick I mean, question, Kim? Yeah, yeah. Do you do you think Hamilton is going to play? I heard he got a, he hurt his knee.
1: I think he's a tough guy. Uh, I haven't seen where it said he was out. True, true, true,
0: true. Heard it. I don't. I don't so, know. What that yeah. No time, so
1: I'm, know? I'm. I'm going with the. I'm going with the latter that he will probably play. I mean, I haven't heard that he wasn't, but I'm, a, I'm. I'm. I'm going to say. But even. Even without him. Even without him. I think they'll make an adjustment to make sure Leffington gets a lot of carries too, along with Senadino's running the ball. But like I was saying, at a certain point, these guys were these these guys were were bruising people, hundred yard games between the both of them, definitely. But then you go to Sanedinos, uh, who had a shaky start at the beginning of the season, but but caught on, got the system right, and now they're the hottest offense in the league. Now I'm going to go and talk about two players on the offense side of the ball, which I always talk about, Mister Santu Vahamaki and Mister Kidner, Danny Kidner. You just in the juror butchers uh expose about them having the best receivers yeah i league. said it i said I, it and i meant and that. and and, the and i and i beg to differ i beg to differ <laughs> i feel like the roosters have the best receiver and core in the league because i don't think you can match up with them at all at all mm. no don't get me wrong i don't say the butchers receivers aren't good they are good but the roosters have a different type of receivers they have the big, big, big play receivers. The guys who, when people come to the game and they don't know anything about football, they see them and the plays that they make and they remember them.
0: Okay. That's what okay. I mean.
1: I, I think okay. They, they, okay. These are those type of guys. Roots have those type of guys. Mr. Now, and I'm going to say something. So Danny Kittner, everybody coming to this game, I know right now, Porvo is looking at film. They're watching everything that Danny Kittner do. They're trying to figure out how can we stop him how can we stop him? Oh, we're gonna bring Zach Wright over here. Now, Senadino's. Oh, he looks at the receiver before he throws the ball. So Zach Wright feels like, oh, I got his number. I can read him. But what we're gonna do, we're gonna do exactly what y'all want us to do. We're gonna we're gonna go to Kidna and we're gonna force you to stop him. Now, what that does is that uh, gives Santu the one-on-one. Against those corners that you named, we get Santu. Now, Roiku, now he's a good safety. Can he jump with uh, Santu? No. Can he run with Santu. No. Can the corner, other corner on the side, run with him? No. And I'm not even going to mention the other slot receivers that the Roosters got, but y'all know who they are. So let's keep it moving with the names. Um, I'm also going to throw out a name out there: Will Little, like we talked about earlier. Defensive lineman, yep. big play. J, you got to see him all day. You said you wanted Mickey J to be a part of this this game where Will is going to be right there all game. Cam, Gruel, another one, hasn't been as healthy all season, but he is active now. He is moving around. He is running. He's going to be a presence also that that Brandon Gordon has to worry about. And I'll just stop there with those names. I'll say one more name. You know what? I'll say one more name. I'll say Axel Alexi Olin. Okay, okay. And the reason reason I'm saying his name is not necessarily because his defense, defensive talents. I'm going to say it because they got a clutch kicker. So if this game came down to being tied up and the Roosters have to kick a field goal, I'm betting my money anywhere from 50 yards and up. He's going to make the field goal. Guaranteed. You you mean 50 yards and under, right? 50 yards and under. Okay. 50 (laughs) yards and under. Game on the line, I'm going to ask him to make the field goal. This is why I said his name. Now, keys to win. Keys to win. This is going to be very important right here. Keys to win. Number one, Mr. Sino, uh, Senadinos, no turnovers. No turnovers at all. You cannot turn the ball over to the Pueblo Butchers at home. That's how you get momentum. That's how they beat you the last time. Two pick sixes hurt because you didn't look off when, when you were trying to get to your receivers. Now let's do the opposite. Now let's look Zach right off and go the opposite way. You know what I mean? At least bait him in there some kind of way. No turnovers. Second thing keeps winning, go to your playmakers. Santu, go to Kidner, Go to your guys that can make things happen for you without you having to actually do it. Go to them. Let them make your plays. Let them be who they are. They practice all year round to be that guy, to be those guys for this, this moment. Give them the ball so they can make those plays happen. Third, keep it balanced. Offensively, keep it balanced. Don't go out there and get pass happy where you want to get the ball to Kittner all game and try to make it make it, make it it about him. Balance. It. Use your run game. Use your pass game. Stake it up. Make sure Povo doesn't know what you're doing all the time. And you'll probably win the game easily. I'm not even going to say that. I mean, they gave up 500 yards to you. They, they gave you 500 yards the last time you played them. The only reason that you lost is because of the pitch sixes. Easily? This is a team. But you going to say Easily? easily if, you, if y'all if you give me five 500 yards oh my god.
0: to my Dallas Cowboys man
1: if, I, if I'm if I'm Danny Kittner right now I'm in practice like coach anytime we're in this right here give me the ball you see number one over there their cornerback number one whatever his name is I think the back of his jersey says I don't know who he is whatever he is go at him this is what <laughs> I'm looking at if I'm if I'm the coach we're going at number one this week, Porto Butchers, we're coming at number one. Now, the only mm. option you got to do is have Zach Wright back there all game. Zach Wright will not help you in the running game at all. And if he does, it's ten year after we got a first down. But if you plan on matching up and going one-on-one with number one on mm. any one of those rooster receivers, it's gonna be a long day for them. It's gonna wow. be a long day for him. So
0: disrespect I'm that I'm telling man. you that
1: now. Because if I'm the coach, we're going to number one. That's what I'm saying right now, today in practice. We're going to number one. Guaranteed. He's gonna have to come make tackles. He's gonna have to come make plays. We're going at number one. Guaranteed. All right. Now, gosh. Defensively, keys to win: pressure bust pipes. Pressure bust pipes. Got to get Gwena. Got to get to him. Got to get hit. Got to hit him. Got to get him out of that pocket to where he can't get the balls to those second tier receivers that you said were the best in the league. I'm gonna say, don't call my guy a second
0: tier. Hold on now. Hold on now. The blasphemy. Blast if you're not me. first,
1: if you're not first, you're second. <laughs> if you're not first, you're second. You're not the number one receivers, so you got to be second. I could have said it was last, but I didn't. I said it was second. That's good. That's good for them. That's, that's good for them. Definitely um, <laughs> pressure buzz pipes. Like I said, get pressure on Brandon Gwinter, Uh Make him hand the ball off to, Mika, to uh, Mickey um, and make him beat you. That's what I say. If y'all lose, let Mickey J beat you. Don't let Brandon go in there and beat you with his feet, and don't let him beat you with his arm. Um, The X Factor. X Factor, I'll start with that first. Uh, For the Roosters, Danny Kidner. He is the X Factor. He is the X Factor. And I mean, this is a return game. Uh, Fly sweep, jet sweep, whatever you want to call it. Let him do what he's been doing, being unstoppable these last weeks. Nobody has an answer for him right now. Nobody. Nobody. The only thing, the only way that they're going to stop Denny Kidner is if they kidnap him the day before the game. Other than that, he's going out there and he's going to ball in this game. The Roosters are hot right now for a reason. I said this a few weeks back. If you go back and listen, I said this a few weeks back. The Roosters are in playoff mode. I said this already. I said they are in playoff mode. And this is the worst thing that could have happened for the league and the other teams. It's to let them get that confidence, and now it's there. They're the team to beat now. Not the Crocs, not the mm. Butchers. The Roosters are the team to beat now. And I'm going all the way with that. I, I, but, I'm not but, sure. You already know who my pick is. You already know my pick is for this game.
0: But the Butchers beat them the last time as they the did. team to they beat. Did.
1: Yeah, They did. They did. I gave it to them. Hey, stuff happens. But I don't remember what happened in the regular season now because it's the playoffs. We're in the playoffs now. So, what you did to me last week, last two weeks, I don't care about. You got to do it <laughs> again now. And uh, I'll say the weakest link, no lie, I mean, this is my team, the weakest link of, of, of the Roosters right now is the corners. That's the weakest link is the Roosters, are the corners. Um, the corners? I, I don't think – yeah, I think the corners. It's the Swedish yeah. corners is is, is 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 okay, but I don't want to see him with the one-on-ones like that. He's not that – I don't He'll make me that comfortable. Uh, Nico Quick is – will be helped more so in the run game than I think the pass. Um, but it's the Roosters just don't put those corners on islands as often as, as they would like, just keep it to where, you know, Brandon Gwinn has the, has the, has the thread his zone, but don't, don't put them in a position where they got to play one-on-one all the time. Um, Olin I'm sure will probably be one of the corners. Um, if not the nickelback, he'll be one of the corners anyway. Not so much worried about him because he plays big in these type of games. So, I expect maybe maybe an interception from him um, at whatever position. But um, the Roosters are ready to go. Like I said, the hottest team, the number one receiving core in the league right now, probably the top receiver in the league right now. And don't let's not forget about what his feet can do. If he makes smart plays, don't try to force anything. Run instead of forcing a pass sometimes. I think it will put the Roosters in a great position. So here we are. There's the Roosters.
0: Well, thank you for that very unbiased uh, <laughs> breakdown of uh, Hell City Roosters and who we think is. bad. <laughs> look, this ain't an arguing show, but I'd be dead <laughs> go night that the Roosters have the best receivers, and I could argue for the Roosters as well. Let's just say they both got good receivers, and we nobody trusted any DBs in this game. How about that? Yeah, yeah. both of these. I mean, just from what we've just said. We're both saying that the cornerback position on the opposite team is going to be losing. Like, that's what we're saying in this game is that both of these teams, high powered offenses, both of these teams, good running backs, both of these good team, good receiving core, both of these teams, decent front seven, right? Like, we call it a wash. It's really going to come down in this game to can the Roosters. Corners make plays when they need to, or can the boot the butchers corners make plays when they need to? I think in this game, I think we're both saying like we don't even need you to actually like shut anybody down or make a ton of stops. Can you make one more than the once. other? Like that? <laughs> yeah. like, can you can you stop Danny Kidner once? You know? Can uh <laughs> can can you? Not let Lucas Erela get behind you one time, and that might be the difference in a win or loss for both of these teams. Like that—that's what's gonna come down to. Can you tackle Miko Seppinen? Can you stop Christian Naltonen from getting open in the red zone? You know, can can you jump with Santu Vekamaki? Like, I'll go both ways. Can, can you keep up with Johannes Johansson? Like, good receivers all around. Can you tackle Mickey J? That's the hardest thing to do in this whole game, personally. That's, that's not easy to do. But that's the second game, and I think uh we we did a pretty good job covering that. So if we talk about our pick'em rankings, if you were following us on the Instagram, uh, I apologize. Those records were wrong and outdated. So just ignore last week. But we do have the correct ones now, and we got two weeks of games left to find out who's the best. And because of last week's kerfuffle, uh, Q <clears throat> is no longer tied in first. Uh, so here we go. First place, Spencer Cutland at 34 and eight. Second place, Coach Q, 33 and nine. Third place, Chris Green, 32 and 10. Fourth place, Finland Swami, 30 and nine. 5th place, Coach Mike, 29 and 10. 6th place, Alex Maltroy, 28 and 11. 7th place, Perfect Purvis at 29 and 13. 8th place, Jabari Harris, 24 and 12. Ninth place, Andy B at 23 and 10. And 10th place, last place, is Jamal Clay at 22 and 14. So, picking the, the winners of these games, obviously, not easy. But let's... Briefly go into the playoffs and decide who we want and why. Uh, first game is Crocs versus Royals. Who you got and why, Q? Ooh,
1: ooh, here we go. Um Crocs against Royals. This is very hard for me because uh the last time the Royals told me to go with them. But I've been in Santa Yoke in the playoffs. I know the environment. I know how things can go there. So I'm not, so against my better judgment, I'm going with the Crocs. I'm going with the Crocs. I can't, I can't, I, I I hope that the Royals play great, but the Crocs are just, I mean, they're just so good at home. They're just so good at home, man. They're like this right here to, to, to pick against a team that's been waiting for this moment for so long to play at, they need playing at home. They just got too much control over their destiny right now. And, uh, I just think Powell is a lot, man. The playoffs, he's a lot, man. And um, it's gonna take a lot to stop him. And uh in that offense and that defense, defensive line. Um, they haven't played super great in the last few games defensively as a whole. They haven't played super great, but they're still been winning, you know. So I'm going with the Crocs, man. I'm I'm going with Christian Powell. I can't go against him.
0: I'm not mad at that. That makes perfect sense. For me personally. I'm also going to Crocs because it just don't make sense not to pick the Crocs. They, I mean, they're a team you, you got to pick in this matchup. Um, respect to the Royals, I do think it's going to be close, just like it was last time they played them. I don't think it's a, a clear Crocs victory, but that's who I'm going to go with because I feel like they're the better team in this matchup, playing at home with a little bit less energy expended. Does that makes sense? I feel like the Royals are going to have to do, like you said, Leave it all on the field to win this game, and I think even if they do that, it still might not be enough. So, I'm definitely going to go with the Crocs. Second game, we got Butchers versus Roosters. Uh, I think we know who no, you I already get. know this, but uh, <laughs> you already know iterate why you're going with them. Uh, I'm
1: going with the Roosters because I just think they're in the zone right now. I think they're they got a mission. Um, I think they're I think they understand where they're at in this in this position in, this, in the league right now. And I think uh, they're on their way back to what we've known them to be, and that's contenders. Um, and also, they're playing against a team that just gave up almost 500 yards on um, of defense, so, uh, of offense yards. So I'm not going to go with a team that's giving up that type of yards right before the playoffs. I just cannot do it. It's not smart. A betting man wouldn't do it, so I'm not doing it. Especially against this offense that they could have played. I know the Poor Royal Butchers are at home. I know that they've been winning. They say you're supposed to always bet black, but I'm going red because for one, red is my favorite color. It's not that I'm just a super rooster fan or anything like that. And I tell people all the time, like I didn't come I didn't come into Finland under the Roosters. I didn't I only had a one year stint with the Roosters. So it's not like I'm just this oh crazy Rooster fan. Like I just know football. I know what that organization is thinking and doing right now. And I just cannot say that a team that just gave up over 400 and some yards of offense, I can go with them. I just can't do it. Like, I, I, I would be a fool to do that in my mind. So I'm going with Roosters.
0: Man, look, I'll tell you, after us talking about it, I want to go with the Butchers just because I don't like the way you came at them when you picked the roosters. Man, I feel like, I, I feel some type of way about that. I feel like, man, I, I, let's go butchers. But, mama ain't raised no fool. And I, I would be a fool not to pick the butchers, but to pick them based on the fact that I don't like that you didn't pick them, I guess. I don't know. Because uh, i, I I don't know if you saw, I was just typing on it. I put, I, had, I had typed down that I picked the Butchers, but I know that if I picked the Butchers now, by the end of the week, I'd be upset that I picked them. And it, again, it, it's not anything against the Butchers. It's not even the Cowboys thing. I honestly believe, <laughs> like you said, that the Roosters are the hottest team right now. And I think that they are better than the Butchers at this point of the year. I think that the last time they played, was more evidence than anything that they are better and I think that the things that they need to change about how that game ended are easy fixes so Mm -hmm. I'm definitely going to go with the Roosters as well and honestly I think that's all it's going to take yeah yeah. Uh, let me get back
1: into this I want to know who Spence is going (laughs) to pick I know you're picking the Crocs
0: American Football in Finland